the ex-wife podcast in the morning part two <laughs> i feel a little bit like you just stole my mojo there what because you said the title of the show <laughs> that's not really the title of the show and i'm just doing community yeah yeah i know what you're doing because it's the morning it's, we have coffee we have coffee we're we're groggly voices great gl- clinky clanky iced coffee and mason jars you have a Java sock. This is not sponsored by Java this sock. Is not sponsored by Java sock, but I do have a Java sock, which I actually love. All right, well, it's part two, so let's get it going. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. In the morning, I'm Alicia, and I'm Justin. <laughs> All right, well, today we are doing, as Justin said, part two of this week's new comics. So we're talking. Marvel Voices Pride Iceman, Marvel Voices Pride number one, Knights of X number three, and New Mutants number 26. 26. Did I say them in the right order? You did. That's the order I got them on my list. That's the order I have them in my heart. Okay. I don't really have any news. There's no news. It's been a couple of days. I went to play disc golf yesterday, and I wore... That new shirt that I had gotten, the new X-Men shirt, mm-hmm. it is the giant size team plus Phoenix landing into the Shi'ar throne room. Mm-hmm. And I think that must be Uncanny X-Men 101 or something like that. I don't know. 102? I'm walking to my car and I see myself in the reflection of my mirror and it just has this giant X-Men across the top of the shirt. And I said to myself, yeah, Justin, we get it. You like X-Men. Not every shirt has to say giant billboard like X-Men. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Why not? Yes, it does. Why not? Um, and, I, and I won disc golf, so it must have been the power I needed. It must have been the power of the Phoenix. On another note, a friend of mine this weekend uh, at a dance event said to me, listen, my husband is a comic book nerd, but our other friend who happens to run Toy Vault, which is a store that we frequent, is an even bigger comic book nerd. And we want to invite you and Justin over so we can just watch you all nerd out together. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, all right, that sounds like a good time. That's cool. So I got, he's not going to hear this just because he's not as caught up into the episodes, but for my brother. Yes. I got him volume two of Marauders because mm-hmm. I we'd gotten him volume one, I think for his birthday Last year. Wow, you better hope he doesn't listen to this. Sure. I mean, it's coming in tomorrow. So So it's fine. It's fine. And so I was rereading it just to put myself back into that mindset. And the, <sighs> the number of clues that they bring up of, oh, well, the Hellfire Gala. Emma registered a website, www.hellfiregala.com. Checked it. Not real. <laughs> Should be. Marvel, what's up? And the amount of detail and development of the X-Desk that takes place in Marauders. Yeah. And I always associated it with X-Force entirely. No. But it it started from, and I wonder if that was an early collaboration between Jerry and Ben. Maybe. Oh, my old Marauders. I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice revisit. I, the other thing, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm basically just telling the world what I got Ben for his birthday. <laughs> I started reading Once in Future, finally. Which is Karen Gillan's Boom Comics series focused on Arthurian myth of sorts and mm. the undead. This the, is the, the one that you said King. I would like. You would like this. This is, it just feels, 
this feels like magic and sorcery and, and knights and let's go. Yeah. It was really good. The characters are really funny and interesting and just I like their dynamic and it was fun to just A revisit. Yeah. Read randomly. All right, I think that's that's news ish. Yeah, that's, stuff. that's what we got. We got personal news. That's it. We got personal news. Talk about Iceman. Okay, let's talk about Iceman. His action shot adjectives entrance. Yeah, yeah. And I'm this guy. And I'm this guy. I'm also this guy. I mean, he's taking on, he's taking on a big foe here, and he's he's stepping up for the Avengers. Here's, hey, here's the thing with this issue. I was like, oh, Iceman, are you getting a little cocky that I don't like where you're going? And then he kind of reeled himself in. Yeah. So I was okay with. I was like, okay, all right. Especially as he's fighting this guy that has the speck of the Black Winter. Yeah. Tyros the Terrible. I did like all the uh, character cameos in this one. Yeah, this was the big Marvel Universe. And, you know, the connection with Silver Surfer and being a defender previously, that was a cool nod to Iceman's reach beyond even, you know, Firestar was in the first issue and she's now in this issue. Let's not talk about this. is Firestar... I feel like all of a sudden Firestar is appearing because they want us to get ready. And I just want to say, stop trying to make Firestar happen. It's right. not going to happen. Right. It's but like gonna, it might happen. It, it's, it's probably going to forcibly happen. So I just feel like I want to Regina George shut you down. It's just crazy to think about. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're getting on a sidetrack here with the X-Men election. And, and I did post something that maybe we could talk about just other people's suggestions of team members. Mm. Who is voting for Firestar? I, I know the people voted for Firestar, and that was the big yeah. kerfuffle on the thing. And you know, we did not. We voted we for did M. Not. We voted for Penance. Who Vote for perfection? Who on Krakoa is voting for Firestar? Like she's never been like. And recently, she straight up said, "Nah, I'm not going to Krakoa." Exactly. So, exactly. Was that was, are you going to force her to be on the X Men? Why does she want to be on the X Men? I don't think she does. Anyway. Anyway. They're trying to make Firestar happen, so we'll see. Oh my gosh! We'll see what happens. This ripping of his arms. Oh my this shot. god! Oh, it was so oh, cool. So cool. So this Tyros takes his arms and just tears them off as he reforms them, and then really dives into the Omega. Takes a page out of Kid Omega's book. I am the Omega. Yeah. And freezes space time. Yeah. Didn't know that was possible. I don't think anybody did. Maybe they did if they thought about it one time or saw it. I don't know. But new things can happen when there's no limits, limits to your power. So. No upper limit. And it's interesting. So that's the definition of Omega, right? No mm -hmm. upper limit to the power that they have in a singular power. And to think about what that means when used, right? So it doesn't mean you can do anything. It might tax your body as we mm -hmm. see here. And or create a situation that you can't right. get out of because he overfreezes. And yeah, and he's freezing the world around him. He can't control it. He needs his amazing friends. The loves, the loves save the day, you know? Christian and Romeo melt my heart. Mm-hmm. I did think that was a very beautiful moment. Did I pull a Frost Family Classic and invade your privacy to contact your ex and hit a soft spot? Yes, I did. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Go, Christian. Go, Christian. You're a Frost Man. You're a Frost Man. Uh. 
is mm. a, is a different mm. song. Mm. Anyway, everything's okay now. We get a little forgiveness with Damon. Yeah. After, after we party it up, we, after everybody's we have a party. We have to party. Everybody's just kind of getting our closure. I did really love the the ending sort of comment about the differentiation yeah. human versus mutant yeah. and how you know we sometimes even all say like oh they're hu- they're they are human and then I'll correct myself and be like oh no they're mutant but they are also still human right sure right like, it's a subdivision in the in the emotional mental yeah place of a human you and know, even you have just those things even this point of i don't want to consider myself as a different species than my mom yeah and having this connection with his mom as they mourn the death of his father her husband it's interesting to think about you know especially you know we we say flat scans be damned or yeah. at least i do all the time you do yeah dreadlord <laughs> Oh, goodness. I will also say, I think over the course of these issues, the look of Iceman has matured a little, right? He started looking like, out looking like really, really like baby Iceman. But now he's got a little bit of that grizzly beard situation. He's a little more chiseled. He's a little more mature. Yeah. He's found himself. He's grown into it. Yeah. He's still taking care of himself. You know, he moisturizes. That's why he looks so young. That's why. Takes care of that skin. Writer and artist Luciano Vecchio. Letters Joe Sabino. Joe Sabino. We're talking about age. PJ wanted to know how old do we feel Christian Frost is drawn? He's Emma's older brother by roughly 10 years, but he looks younger than Bobby. I don't know if you... Yeah, I mean, especially in this last shot where he doesn't have the, the grizzled, but they, they all uh, they all kind of look like middle-aged... Yeah. Young guys that are working out and taking care of themselves. It's you know? the gift of the frost genes. Yeah, right. Young and beautiful and, forever. And it's the gift of mutant genes where yeah. it had always been, yes, peak performance for a human of this size. I remember seeing that on so many character bios that, oh, they have the peak physical stamina of an Olympic level athlete of that body size. <laughs> oh, just just on site? That's just what you start with? Great. Good for you. <laughs> oh, I hate being a human. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, sorry. Side story. Gotta tell it. So the other day I was at a show for our youth program at the studio and there was a girl who used to dance at the studio, but you know, she was telling me how she had to choose only two of three activities. So she didn't dance this year because she chose fencing and soccer. So we're standing talking uh during intermission and she has like Short hair and, you know, middle part, two white stripes of hair, like very uh, X-Men Evolution rogue. Oh. Right? So I said to her, I said, "Uh, Finnegan, do do you know who Rogue is from the X-Men? And she says, no. And I was like, oh, well, your hair looks just like hers. And she was like, oh, cool. And I was like, do you have any mutant powers? She goes, no. And I was like, oh, well, how old are you? 11 and I was like oh you still got a couple years they they don't usually manifest until like around 13 so you never know you could get some mutant powers and you know sometimes kids just look at me like man what? I'm really glad I chose fencing and soccer what this, are this you woman talking is about and I was like you never know you could turn out to be a mutant and she was like oh, okay and just kind of walked away from me and I was like well all right well that was fun for me yeah <laughs> anyway we got a story in 
Marvel vs. Pride, technically there's two stories that introduce a handful of mutants, but we're going to focus on the second one that even connects to the first one. Ooh. Permanent sleepover. We don't have a title page, so let's do the credits before we get started. Story, Charlie Jane Anders, line art, Rose Stein, and colors, Ted Brandt. Tamara Bonvillain, which, as I said that... Sounds like Bond villain. Sounds like Bond villain. Tamara Bond villain. Tamara, you're going to die. <laughs> oh, no. Bond. Oh, well, well. Anyway. Uh, as letters. Oh, okay. I was like, where, where are we going with this? What's and Nassim, I was having fun in my head. And Nassim Jamina in a consulting role. Oh, I don't know cool. What that means. Maybe, I don't know. Character, yeah. identity, you know, yeah. perspective. Well, we've got a a new mutant. Yeah, yeah. In, in more ways than one, as we'll find later on. Escapade. Escapade. I love the energy that she's introduced with. Yeah. Taking down these rich jerks on a helicarrier. Their dialogue is laughably ridiculous as we get in there. She, oh, yes. She introduces herself and her pronouns, which is something that we see characters do throughout this story and this book. Nice. And she is a trans mutant. And I do... She introduces herself, her friend Morgan, and Morgan's turtle. Hey, Bert. Who new, uses any pronouns. A new animal friend to add to the list. Also, I love the details on Morgan. I don't yeah. Have, I don't have a digital. Just feels like we are sucked into this fully realized operation that's just happening on the outskirts of Krakoa doing their own thing, not trying to be related to the mutant story as a whole. Right. And I would say fully realized is a loose term. They've got a plan, but this yeah, seems right, to be right. their first like big go in this sort of a sense. In this realm, in the sense that this is the first super villain that she's ever fought. Yes, yes. But these gravity dice, shout out to Northstar and Kyle in the background. I don't know if you see that. Mm -hmm. That is the... Oh, yeah. They're in the background of like every shot of Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, that's their comic cover of their wedding. I love it. But these gravity, you have Morgan as your person in the chair, giving you that intel and working with the added abilities. Mm-hmm. I just love Escapade's facial expressions. Yeah. I love the dialogue, too. Yeah. I'm immediately a fan of this duo. Yeah, me too. Their jokes, they're just, they're funny. It, they have a good personality and a good back and forth. Yeah. So they're trying to infiltrate this helicarrier but escapade also has their own plans yes their own agenda and lots of props you know gravity oh, yeah. dice crazy rainbow, rainbow exploding dust. glitter dust and i love this little charlie brown-esque comic that gives us their early years yeah. yeah context to their backstory and connections these these are like a flashback comic within the comic. Yeah. Completely different style that shows you what's going on. But they're just so funny. Like I laughed so many times when I was reading this. <laughs> Especially when she meets the worst mentor program ever. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> fighting with Skullbuster. Which is a, just a dope, dope villain giving me Maverick meets Kiss vibes. Mm-hmm. We do find out what Morgan's power is to turn anything into chocolate. Which, I mean, 
definitely has its benefits, but I wouldn't. I would say it's a little discouraging if you want to be one of those fighting mutants. Sure, sure, right. They want to be really good supervillains, and I think that that's a great distinction. Yes. The Robin Hood of villains. I also think there's a really interesting, you know, play with this story of of the two of them and their flashback story, talking about being trans and talking about being a mutant and the differences between those things and what's accepted and what's not accepted by each other and by their families. The ways that they're supported. Yeah. When they come out as those identities. Yeah. Let's talk about Escapade's power because we see it on display. She's actually reluctant to use it up until this point Mm -hmm. because of the fear of what might happen. So she changes places physically and status wise with a person, I think within seven feet, we find out later on is a a distinction. And so the fact that she's been injured by Skullbuster in this fight she now changes places, giving Skullbuster all of the damage that has been dealt to her. It's a very interesting power set. But she will later resume all those injuries mm-hmm. when the powers wear off. Which I think is like a limit to the power in an interesting way. During this fight, she turns off, Escapade turns off her comms. She's going in dark. She doesn't want Morgan to know the full scope of things. She's got a side mission. And it seems also like her side mission is a little thwarted because what she's looking for is not there. It's not there. The onyx needle. But she does get some other cool things. Like gender euphoria. (laughs) (laughs) In In the flashback. In the flashback. I love that. I actually really love that exchange. Yeah. Of, you know, her saying she's just not sure that she's ever going to be pretty. And Morgan saying, you're already pretty. I'm just adding highlights. Yeah. Such a that like warmed my heart that moment. That's that's what I'm talking about with the dialogue. That it's just so genuine and wholesome between mm-hmm. these two characters. As we're getting, it's vulnerable. It's yes, real. It's yes. it's getting to know who they are on the inside. Yeah. Uh oh. It's your girl. Emma Frost in a white convertible hover that, car that flies. Hey, yes. you want to join our cult? It's not a cult. Sheila's like, nah, I don't want to. Yeah, that's not what I'm here for. But their team is reunited back at the base. We discuss the effects of Escapade's powers shifting back to her. That she starts to regain the injuries she had previously had before the switch. And understandably so, Morgan is pretty upset. You put me in the dark. You kind of went rogue. I was worried. You know, and and you can see with their... Their flashback story being a counterpoint to this story that they've always been very open and honest with each other and they've been very forthcoming and and shared almost everything. Things are changing. So this is a, yeah, crucial moment in their relationship. We get a flashback, a cool meeting, a brutal result. The ladies of the council. Look at these two besties. Destiny and Emma going on a field mission together to recruit escapade she loses her mind i have a pinterest board of you emma is that do you have a pinterest board of emma frost i don't know what you're talking about no i don't i just have pictures of her all over this room and things like that sure (laughs) basically a and a 3d pinterest board of emma frost and we find out the reality of what will happen in the future 
Destiny and Emma share with Escapade that one day she will accidentally use her powers to change places with Morgan and they will die because of it. And she feels that death. She sees it happen completely. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty intense, Destiny. Yeah, that's a lot to put on someone. And the reveal in our Peanuts comic about coming out as trans and the difference in experience between that and coming out as a mutant. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking. Yeah. But supported by her friend. But supported by her friend for permanent sleepover. Okay. Which is the name of the title. Yes. Who is Evelyn? What's their name? Yeah. So this is the super trans. This is the. So there is another comic in this book Mm -hmm. where these characters are introduced. It's like a superhero high school support group. Got it. Where Demolition Man, who I did not know was gay is their guidance counselor of sorts and is working with them. That's cool. But I do love this support group. I yeah. think that's a really cool element. You should check out the other story. It introduced a couple of new characters, but I felt like the real meat of the book and for mutants is this story right here. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the rest of the super trans will show up in future new mutants issues, which we do find that escapade will show up in new mutants 31 mm-hmm. but first but first emma talking about training through mission-based assignments switching places with the president emma what are you up to emma emma what are you trying to get it miss frost we got our, our peanuts flashback to the start of the permanent sleepover as Escapade is sharing team orientation, the details of the fact that she has agreed to join some Krakoa recruitment. Yeah. And Morgan is not not enjoying this information. No. They have been hurt by this information. And they, you know, they're also learning about their apparent death. Right. So that's difficult to process and also they're upset that that wasn't shared with them before yeah so sheila's been holding on to this for a little while until they come clean about what's been bothering them over the last couple of weeks months i'm not sure that she saw this vision of the future that her best friend would die Mm -hmm. we end on a note of acceptance though they Mm -hmm. all agree to move forward and love and support each other and be best friends Good stuff. Continued in New Mutants 31. What do you think about these new characters? I like them a lot. I do too. I like their personalities. I think their power sets are interesting. I like their dynamic. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that's going to change and shift when we just have Escapade in New Mutants. Yeah, I, I wonder don't if believe... we'll see Morgan again. Right, or any of the other super trans. It mm. almost feels like, hey, here's five New Mutants that maybe you could do something with, but... Really, the focus is this one. It's also cool to recognize. So, Somnus was introduced in this comic oh. last year at this time. And now Somnus is in it to win it. Yeah. And that story of Somnus was written by Steve Orlando, who mm-hmm. now writes Marauders mm-hmm. and brought Somnus into that team. This is not written by Vita, but will be brought into New Mutants. Wonder if that was any intentional conversation. Yeah. Onto the the book books, the longs, um, the yeah, sadness. We have to do it. Do, do we do we talk about the end before or just 
because we look at this cover and you have this pretty cool action shot of Gambit. He's so happy and and shooting his powers and throwing his character cards at people. Yeah, that aren't just regular playing cards that are other world magic cards. Uh, I just don't and know. maybe have twisted ways of being interpreted. I just don't know about this. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't think we talk about the ending until we get to the ending. Okay. Because I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Okay. So, overall thoughts on the cover? I love it. But it's heartbreaking. But it hurts me in my soul when I look at it now. Give me a page turn noise. Let's get it. Saturnine and Roma coaching Shogo through the story. Ooh. There can be no joy without great suffering, and none would suffer without joy to gain from it. Yeah, so just look into this little watering hole and uh, Let's watch, watch one of your... as one of your beloved friends must <laughs> die. Which has been, you know, it's it's seeded. It's seeded in the setup of this narrative that magic or fairy magic, fae magic has certain rules of how it is governed and that mm-hmm. it has twists in how it is interpreted and even how they're explicitly introducing you can't win without a loss is basically what they're saying. Yeah. Someone's going to die and then you can win. Ugh. It's like as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, God, oh, no, I'm not ready. I, I, like I went in my mind through this. The roster, and I was like, who are they going to, who's going to die in this issue? I do want to point out that I called this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Epic team shot number one. Bob Quinn. Fighting the Fury. Megan. Yeah, Megan's stepping up. Megan is not taking none of this Fury nonsense. No. The royalty of Otherworld. This this is is my my home. Yeah, right. This is my turf. I run stuff here. I'll blow you away in this tornado. Get out of here. Love the fury in her face against the fury. That close-up shot. Those glowing eyes. Even just the wind turbine. The wind tunnel as she throws this fury back at them. I love Bay's reaction on the bottom of the next page. (laughs) Ah, yes. Great. Mm -hmm. Watch as one of your beloved friends... No, wait. No, that's... Throw them back home. A fine revenge. Ascani, Ascani. Rachel's here. A lot of people have been saying that Ascani could be the great fitting name that Rachel has never had. Oh. Mother Ascani, right? Yes. I think you remember that from when we talked about. It's been coming up a lot recently. Yeah. When we talked about. Oh, and I think it was Warline that pointed out that that might have been Sinister's son in that picture. That he might have had a son oh. that was revealed, I believe, in that same miniseries, uh, Cyclops and Phoenix. Oh, well, that's what I said. Was it a baby? Was it a, their child or whatever? Right, right, so, right. That's cool. Oh, well, Rachel's here. Ascani is here. Ascani is here. She wants to wait for the full team, but Gambit is a little impatient, and apparently the, the B-team lead or A-team lead as they yeah. <laughs> determine who's who. Well, I mean, it's not just that Gambit's being impatient. He's also like, we don't really have time to wait for them. Like, they're going to kill Jimmy Jaspers. Yeah. There's not really anything, you know, 
benefiting us waiting and letting him be slaughtered in and, front of all of these people. And I don't really understand or or like the unsuredness. You have a solid team here. Yeah. This team should easily be able to take the fight to a fury and rescue Jim Jaspers. Yeah. And Rachel especially would have the confidence. You know, right. The mention of Iskani, apparently it is a story in lore of the Crooked Market, or at least mm-hmm. in other worlds, that Bright Lady of Flame would come, yes. which I thought was really interesting. I don't know. It just feels like they're trying to nerf her through love and worry. Yeah. Like, she shouldn't be she shouldn't be worried about this fight. They could totally handle it. Yeah. For the witch breed, Bob Quinn. I love these shots. Yeah. They're great. This art is always great. And Eric Arseniega, the colors. Yes. Well, we've talked about them that many times. It's time to get to a title page and really give their names. Impulse. Part three, Kill Your Darlings. No, don't like this wordplay. <laughs> Written by Teeny Howard, art by Bob Quinn, color art Eric Arseniega, letters Ariana Maher. PCs, Ariana Maher. Savaleth. Oh, we're back in the vampire town. Butterflies, zombie vampires. I love the detail that they call themselves vampires now. So yeah. they, they found out, oh, that's what y'all call us? That's oh, great. that's cool. We're going to take that Taking name and that, own it. Co-signed. I love the architecture of where it is like that they're set up. And this, these like angles and these very linear, deep, cavernous feeling yeah. hallways. Yeah. The story little side story on the newspaper in x-men about vampire attacks in new york or in mm. that area i wonder if that's connected to sevilith in any way i wonder or if they're coming over maybe i thought i i just kind of connected it to dracula and yeah. what was going on in wolverine but this becoming aware of what they're referred to in our world how would they how, how would that happen if they're not coming right. to our world. Maybe they read the paper. <laughs> Betsy has entered the mind of one of these yeah. vampires in order to get the upper hand on this attack. and On this <laughs> drop-in shot of the team. Shatterstar just decapitating this one vampire. Bloodthirsty. This is, this is Star at his best. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're making their way deeper into this into this castle, into this fight. We're here to see a friend about at the Siege Perilous. A friend. A friend. Interesting friend choice. Yeah. Interesting. You know, what's interesting to me is the constant conversation about how the blood of their dead turns them. You know, it basically will excite more vampires and bring them to mm. the location. And that's why they're concerned. But also, I think it's interesting, the tie-in of death being the one in the prison. Right. And then the card at the end of the issue. The death card, yeah. And how, how is that all playing into each other? Oh, especially, itself? they get to death, who's in this prison, right? They join us. We're on a quest. Come on. We want to go do these things. Oh, you're looking for the Siege Perilous? My dad hit it. He's crazy, but I'm staying here with all the dead people because it's fun. Because it's fun. I like these vampires. I'm living my best life. Trapped, but I like it. They like death. I am death. It's good for me here. Oh, well, maybe it was in this book that I've had with me the entire time. Literally the entire time. At least they get death to help them read it. He is a reluctant ally translating 
apocalypse's grimoire. Just be like, Death, listen, if you help us, maybe Storm will dance with you again. Oh, bring me life. Mm-hmm. And one of the most interesting flashback moments, I would say, as we get a page of story telling us something that happened long ago in the early days of Krakoa. Long, long ago. Apocalypse meeting with Mr. M. The first time we've seen Mr. M in the Krakoan era, only ever referred to as the unknown area of Mercator. Yes. The fact that Apocalypse played this move from the start is beautiful. It just layers in his planning, his importance, his thinking beyond the walls of Krakoa and where he was going all along. Honestly, this book just gets me really hoping that Apocalypse is coming back soon. He's definitely coming back i don't know if it's soon he is connected to a much larger part of the krakoan world story yeah and seems to have been plotting to be i I thought as i was going this he's gunning for the omniversal majester position i'm Mm. calling it now like he wants to be in merlin's spot he's prepping his magic he's taking over over. he's got allies in sections of other worlds he's got his family you know the the dryador that's an interesting perspective. Sevilith, you know, they're they're I calling it now. Calling it now. He's calling it now. But the thing to call out here, Apocalypse gives M the siege perilous. You can see it in his hand, in his pocket, on the last panel. Mm-hmm. With it, one can make and unmake our very souls. The time will come when that needs doing, when the great sacrifice is made. Open your realm to us then. No sooner. So it sounds like with the sacrifice made at the end of this issue, with the sacrifice teased at the beginning of this issue, we'll be seeing Mr. M and the inside of Mercator (sighs) soon enough. Relatively soon. Potential with the power to undo what we see at the end. To make and unmake our very souls. I freaking hope so. Let's go to a data page. Hey, it's a data page about Mr. M. A little backstory on his history. Refresh. Oh, yeah, he was this guy. He kept his powers. He's really powerful. Reality manipulator. Blah, blah, blah. End of data page. End of data page. Halfway through. Oh, Richter, Richter, Richter. <laughs> it's not you, friend. You don't have to make the sacrifice. Yeah. I'm just thinking about my big gay dad apocalypse. and how. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely had a thing going on, and it was hard to read as to what. what yes. What yes. that relationship was. It was an interesting relationship. I always love a nice tender moment. And I think that it's, you know, Shatterstar's like, okay, all right. I understand. This is where you're coming from. But yeah. um, no. Yeah. No, I do think that their relationship is handled really well and is getting an opportunity to actually be a relationship as that has been building in this title or even towards the end of Excalibur as mm-hmm. they were coming back together. And I think it's an interesting perspective for him to say, you know, I appreciate like you wanting to make a sacrifice, but me letting you go would also be a sacrifice that I'm not willing to make. Right. But this is an intense disagreement with the entire team. The fact that Mordred wants to only prioritize the Siege Perilous while Betsy wants to save mutant people. Like that's her cause. Yep. So they use Shatterstar's power of teleportation, which not sure if you knew that you could do that. Nope. Needs that anchor point connection in the other location. Big major group team up. Back in the crooked market. The A and B teams. Bay is my field leader all day. Press the advantage, girl. (laughs) 
Get it, Bay. That's you. You know what you got to do. All right, hey, we've been struggling. We just got a handful of you know, the other half of our team. Let's use it. Keep Let's on going. Use it. The B team shenanigans that better stand for Betsy. Oh my God, I loved it. I loved that moment. That was hysterical. And what about, what about this moment? This more than friends moment it's, but not this yet this is love this is love here this is dancing around love that's unconfirmed right Rachel there was there was the and betsy are in love i i see it as well it just feels like we're playing with it we're just not gonna officially say it until the end issue five they'll make out and it'll be great it'll be a very dramatic kiss here for it Mordred's powers is that what he oh does God. is he just here to upset people people just want to fight him that's kind, his power kind of seems like it might be oh hey Merlin oh god Mared I got so excited when Gambit said Mared right cause because Mared means poop the poop word the swear poop word and it's actually you know actors say break a leg before they do a performance Dancers say married, so we say married to each other before we go on stage, so we don't say that S word when we're on stage. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's a French word I know and use regularly. Yeah, bringing that Bayou knowledge. Gambit's got a big plan to just go for Merlin. I'm not scared. I, I, have, this, scared. I have this magic death card that I'm going to deal regardless of its effects. What you give away must hurt you dearly or else it is not a sacrifice. You, know, you think about oh, the words of what that means. Yeah. What you give away must hurt you. So to deal the death card, as he calls himself, he was death. He was Apocalypse's horseman of death mm-hmm. at one point. And then just. Let's talk about Just it. a big old boom. Just a big old boom. And everybody's faces. Except for Bay. Bay has like a disgruntled <clears throat> face. While everyone else is like. Everybody else that cares about him and knows him. Bay's like, I'm here to murder. I'm here to slash things. And I pretty much got to this page and then my stomach dropped and I'm not okay. Yeah. Because on the last page, a very uncertain last page, as there's blood all over the sizzling death card still in Gambit's hand. As he lay seemingly dead on the ground. And we go back to our wide view story of Shogo learning, watching, seeing, reacting to the sheer fact that one of his friends must die. That That was the premise in the beginning. So they set you up with that. And now you see his reaction. So how are you supposed to not think that he's dead? Yes, my love. What you give away must hurt you deeply, or else it is not a sacrifice. Ugh. Is Gambit dead? I don't... I feel like he is, but I don't want him to be. Nothing can ever kill us again, which is our, our little bit on the... S. Yes, we get a data page of Apocalypse pontificating on what death the position means and his needing to treat his horsemen as his children to truly unlock their power and potential. But let's talk about Gambit. That's great, Apocalypse. It's trying to distract me from what just happened because we're not sure. 
like woof. I I just I have so many mixed feelings. I mean, you you said you called it. You did call it. I did. I was not expecting it. I maybe didn't. I definitely didn't remember you saying it. You know, it was especially connected to Destiny's visions and how yeah. being close to him and caring for Gambit is going to hurt you in the long run. Like there is going to, and even there was a moment in X Men about going into a gate. Yes, the that Siege was in Perilous, the most right? X Men, and in how that's going to affect. And so, in I think it was issue nine of X Men when we first got that Destiny Gambit Rogue mm-hmm. moment, warning him about or warning her Rogue about the future and what's to come with Gambit. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is Otherworld. What happens now? So that that's basically the big question. We've seen what happens in Otherworld. The... Right. So we know what happened. So like, what's going to happen to Gambit? Like, how's he going to come back? Well, that's why I would say the seeds are there for it to be undone. In those panels about the Siege Perilous and about Mercator and and what that could mean to do or undo a soul. Yeah. I The need is there for it to be undone because... This because is, it's Gambit? Because it's Gambit. It's not, it's not Gorgon. Right. You know? Rockslide was a bit of a, a shock as well. And the fact that it has not emotionally impacted Anol, that's another problem, but... <laughs> Regardless, Gambit is a number of people's favorite X-Men. Yeah. And I just, I feel like the optics of something like this, especially for a writer, for a book that has had so much back and forth of people, you know, I hate it, I love it, or, you know, it's not talked about as most people's favorite book. Yeah, it has a lot of, let's call it a controversial book. Sure. To make a move like this as a cliffhanger, even with a way out, you're Bold. going to upset a lot of people. People are going to stew on this for a month. And they're I've been be like, stewing already. Sure, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I love this book. <laughs> sure. Gambit potentially dying aside, it was a fine issue. It was a cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. A solid connection point to what's coming before it. Beautiful art, great character relationships and resonance, but... I can't go. I can't get past the last page. That's I, all I'm thinking about. But I think that's also a really great thing because sure. you, as a writer, you have to know the stakes of doing something like this to a character like Gambit, and you have to know that that's going to get people all riled up. But it's also going to get people to want to continue to read the book because they want to know how this is resolved. What happens to that boy? Right. How are you going to fix this? How are you going to fix this, Teeny Howard? Because you better be fixing this, you better this, be fixing Teeny. This. Okay, thank you, but fix this. I respect your work. But fix this. That's except, Gambit. Except for X-Corp. Let's not talk about that. It doesn't exist. That's a shadow of the past. Angel did get some votes for the X-Men team in our oh, response. Oh, in our little... Okay, all right. Which I thought was interesting. We were talking about him as an option... In the first episode. But before we get to that, oh, we're, we're still talking about Knights of X. We're still talking about this. What are your this thoughts of X. about the newly introduced connection between A and M? I think it's interesting. I I just love finding out the deep-seated plans of Apocalypse. Yeah. Any, any deep reveal, even in the shallow 
continuity of Krakoa. So yeah. to have a reveal, you know, it's like the issue six of X-Men, Hickman's story, mm-hmm. where Mystique was revealed to have been on another side mission while oh, on yes. the Orcus Forge. Yes. That was a great in-story reveal that made you look at other things differently. So to know that Apocalypse was always playing a longer game plan, which we knew since the first couple of issues of Excalibur, when he's all of a sudden wearing this magical outfit and using Rogue as a pawn. Yeah, he's got plans. Yeah, he had plans since the beginning. He he was after his wife and family. Mm -hmm. But he seems to... But it seems that he was after more than just his family. Right. Right? But we don't know what all those secrets will lead to. I'm I'm saying it. At the end of this book, Apocalypse is back. I don't know about that. But maybe. (laughs) I think the long game plan of Apocalypse is assembling more and more power in Otherworld Mm. to then bring that power back to Krakoa to face the battles that come. Because we've seen that seeded in Inferno. Mm Mm-hmm. Curls is so mad that Rogue is leaving the X-Men only to find Gambit got himself blown up. Yo, Curls, I agree. 100%. This is upsetting. Furious. To say the least. Destiny's clapping her hands like, yay, this is... But also, this is the thing that I was seeing that would upset everyone. Destiny, destiny, destiny. I don't know. I I just feel like I'm, I'm... I don't know how to respond to this because I'm in denial. You yeah, know? it's not I mean, real. It's not real. This isn't real. He's Friends, not it's not real. You know, I, I posted a, a cool gambit shot on Thursday. Basically, in my mind, this was my in memoriam shot. <laughs> but I don't agree with it. He's got a Hellfire Gala look. He's coming back. He's coming back. and He does have a Hellfire Gala look. And, and you know, maybe that's just blank slate. Dumb hot guy in a in a cape, no shirt. You know, hey, I'm back. I'm back. But I don't know anything. Who's my wife? No, no, I'm Gambit. No, 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 no. I know. The Pikachu wants to know what changes do we think Gambit will undergo due to his otherworld resurrection. And this is where I said, you know, he has a Hellfire Gala look, so I assume he'll be there. I'm not sure how that works with the timing of everything and the gala. Like I'm not sure how timing works ever. Sure. Yeah, right, right. The fact that I even posted it the other day. Well, we've had a year with this team, kind of. Kind of. <sighs> the, well. The gala issue comes out a week before the next Knights of X issue, which is him having a look, a misdirect, so that you don't mm. feel like, is he even going to be there? Because how is he there? How are any of the Knights of X there? Yeah, that's interesting. How are any of the Marauders there? They're in space. They're captured in space. Oi. I don't know. I Maybe he'll just like magically come back the opposite. You know, like people come back from their other world resurrections like a little bit off. Maybe he'll come back like better than ever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe he'll be an entirely new blank slate. Oh, gosh. And that's basically the potential. You know, I think it's an interesting read of what happens when you die in Otherworld. Because what has been said is that you come back as this cross-section of other versions of yourself. Yeah. But really what's happened has been like Rockslide 
was a newborn child mentally. Yeah. Gorgon had no seeming connections or remembrances of, except for the fact that he was considered for the council, which I questioned completely right, in Immortal X-Men 1. But like Wild Child and oh, Orphan Maker came back like vicious. So they didn't die in Otherworld. Oh. They died in Arako. No, uh, uh, Amenth. Oh, right. Different. And that was that was the effects of that. Like, uh, what is What did... Wild Child says, like, yes, it, it calls to me or something like that. Mm. Other worlds still, or Amenth still calls to my blood or something. Yeah. Basically jacked them up. Jacked them up. And then Tarn took it away. Oh, Tarn. Oh, Tarn. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with Gambit, obviously, and if he does come back different, how are they going to play that? I don't know. Fake Torta says, poor rogue. Between nights and what Destiny has seen for Raven, which yeah, even, even what she's seen for Rogue too. There's a lot going on with that story, which is terrifying but exciting about what's to come. There's yeah. just seeds in now multiple books about the relationship between this family. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting build up to what could be a big character moment for Rogue, right? right. Like all this devastation. How does that then propel Drama. her forward? What does she do next? Yeah. And I will go back to the fact that it has been discussed on our page and with people about a family book with Destiny, Mystique, Rogue, and Gambit. Oh, man. Family. Throwing Nightcrawler every now and then. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. Bamfing in and out at his own pleasure. <laughs> Sabretooth and Graydon show up and oh, everyone's upset. Everyone's upset. On to New Mutants. On to New Mutants. Oh, this cover. Tell oh, me about it. Oh, just everything shattering around Ileana. Her falling through this void of glass demons and past enemies and selves and moments. It's just... Also, the look on her face. Yeah. It's almost like desperation. It gives me a, a little bit of like a, oh, what's going to happen feeling in my soul? Which makes a perfect way... To dig into a comic. Yay. Page turn noise. Oh my God, the art. Yeah, Red Reese. Loving it, loving it, loving it. The struggle to get it up. Soul Sword. That's a difficult thing <laughs> that you just said. I don't like it. You know, the pressure she's putting <laughs> on herself in this down moment, it happens to everybody, Ileana. You are really making me upset with these references. The thing is, though, it's shattered, girl. You can't, you got to rebuild it. You can't just call it back. Right. Not only was her soul sword shattered last issue, but she's also going through and dealing with a lot of baggage mm -hmm. from her life. Yeah. The fact that we're in limbo, the conversation of giving it away to someone else. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of to take labors in. to work through. A lot to process. Sex jokes aside, you know. And Danny trying to say to her, you got to give yourself a minute. The like, ultimate. You need to take a second. Yeah. The ultimate friend and caretaker of sorts as she's just there for people. She senses what's going on in Ilyana's struggle. Oh, hey, there's a battle. Oh, there's a battle over there, over the hill. Let's check it out. But first, 
We gotta go to a title page. The Labors of Magic, book two. Best Laid Plans. Written by Vita Ayala. Art by Rod Reese. Also, our flashback art by Jan Dursema and Ruth Redmond. And we've got Travis Lanham on Letters and Production. I'm sorry, VCs, Travis Lanham. No need to apologize. That's just Travis Lanham. Uh. Back to our classic story pages. In the tales of the little goblin. Mm. Talking about the goblin exile versus the demon usurper. Which, this is an interesting Distinction. shift. Right. Because... The little goblin is not the magic that we know. No, this is the older Ilyana revealed on the next page. Which leads me to believe that the little goblin in the previous story was an older version was of Ilyana. Also, yeah. this version of Ilyana. Uh-huh. Manifesting oh. itself in some interesting way. So, yeah, that's an interesting connection point, right? right? And just kind of layers into. Is that part of the reason why we're seeing these flashbacks to her time in limbo previously? Mm -hmm. Because there's something going on that she does not know. Right. I gotta say, um, old lady Eliana with this uh, warlock sword. Yeah. I'm here for it. And the gun. I am here for it. It's like if Cable and Eliana combined in a demon lands- landscape mm. but like also a little bit like viking right norse Thor, mythology loki vibes right the horns the the cape armor yeah all the things the duglock arm Mm-hmm. she's fighting all these demons who have succumbed to the virus Right, because as the team is arguing, not able to get on the same page, Rain just goes for it oh, and brings Rain. them in. Ilyana, this older version, needs to destroy the demon horde. But she's very hospitable for a sorceress. Come on in, back door. This is just a decoy. Imagine seeing your past self and immediately knowing why or what's yeah. going on. Knowing, oh, well, you're here now. Yeah, I remember when I got here. My friends just, died. Just a moment before we get to go into the home, I oh, I just want to call out another sword. Crazy warlock sword moment. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah, when he's screaming at the demons. Yes, I love it so much. And they're vaporized. Just done. They're done skis. So now we're going in the house, which is really like a fortress. Yeah, tour the fortress. Our future's... My past starts the same, but sadly, everyone died over time, which mirrors Ilyana's journey mm-hmm. as a child through limbo. limbo. Yeah. All of her friends dying, seeing them die as the techno-organic virus. Not sure how it got here or how Warlock got here, I yeah. would question. But interesting to get some insight into a possible future after all the conversation we had had about destiny and what she was seeing. Krakoa mm-hmm. falling casting this spell over and over over again, taking a lot out of them as mm-hmm. they're just trying to survive. All the things interweaving. Warlock is always spying on anybody talking. Oh, Warlock. Which we get as our data page on the next page. 
And it's Ilyana and Madeline talking about the qualifications necessary to lead Limbo. Mm. They're both tuned in to the truth. I love the back and forth, them bonding over what connects them. Yes, and we get the the straight up, don't question it anymore, magic flat out, put it in the contract that Madeline cannot use this, use it for evil. Right. Can't be done. Sounds like you're more worried about that than I am. Right. But to be fair, it's in the contract that you can't. And I'll come for you. It's and arcane you can't magic. Break, you can't break the contract, girl. So yeah. I knew what I was doing. It's a cool contrast between Ilyana having things taken from her in Limbo and Madeline coming to Limbo to break free from the powers controlling her. Yeah, I really liked that distinction of why, what Magic was saying, like why it's time for you to lead this place and not me. Right. It's a dark memory for me, but it had given you strength. Yeah. That's cool perspective. Yeah. Coffee and demons as we negotiate what's going on. I love seeing them bond together. Yeah. It's really great. But our flying demon comes with a truce, with a offer to have some peace. Just give us the old lady. We'll no. give you a passage home. Not going to happen. Ha 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 Flips him off. <laughs> Just ask her how long she has. Her parlor tricks will not be enough. She weakens by the day. Eh, we got to talk. We gotta oh, talk about wait. This. Are you dying? <laughs> Look at this sad face. Yes, you're dying. Mm. What do you mean? Explain yourself. It's complicated. It's just basically a spell on repeat that every time we cast it, it takes something from us. So Warlock's essence is essentially able to destroy them. But he can't hold his original shape anymore. And it's taking something from Ilyana as well as she casts it every time. I love that we get to know her motivation. She's the only one left. She believes if she kills the leader of the techno-organic demons, the powers of Limbo will revert back to her, allowing her to kill the virus once and for all and get back to Earth, or what remains of it. But what remains of her version? Sure. It's the only way that she's found that she can make a dent in their numbers. But speaking about back home... Colossus is looking for his sister. Why? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. What are interesting. you up to? What is he up to? Yeah, I feel like this is a bigger plot that we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Potentially connecting to what's going on with him and Mikhail through the Chronicler. She's not at the Sextant, the Green Lagoon, not even Doug and Warlock know. Why is he looking for her? Well, we're not going to find out in this issue. No. But we are going to find out that Ilyana, older Ilyana, the Goblin Exile, has been gradually killing herself, trying to reduce their demon horde numbers. Go bigger. If you're gonna, if you're gonna gradually kill yourself, you know, just just risk all it. Risk it all, baby. Let me talk to your leader. What a shock! Their leader is Sim. Oh yeah, we knew it. Standoff, one-on-one. All right, that's what this is all about. I don't want your truce. The young one's not going to take it. I want to fight you one-on-one. I want to duel to the death. I love the... We were just going to say the same thing. How the color disappears? Yes. Yeah. Yes. From her face and then the blood splatter everywhere. this whole art sequence. Yeah. It just feels very samurai. Yes. And just when you think you've won, Sim, 
you didn't. Yeah, somehow she's able to pull the techno-organic virus from him, or at least, as we find later, destroy him from the inside using Warlock's essence through them. And once it disappears from him... Demon panic everywhere. Oh my god, we're free, run away! They just freak out, some run, some start attacking. Sims remains, somehow magic is able to summon a new sword out of them. Oh my goodness, this sword... Now listen, this sword, I gotta be keep my eyes peeled for what's about to happen in the future comics. Is this gonna be her sword going forward now? They do say that it's likely not gonna last. This manifested sword from Sim's essence, that this may just be a temporary thing that, that's later on in a data page. Because we gotta, you know, we got a cosplay to complete, and a sword is part of that. Sure. So which sword... Is I would gonna be? I would go with the mainstay, more classic. Go with my OG plan. Yeah, and then maybe down the line, if you need to edit to add a new one. Mm, but she also gets a third little tier of her side spikes. She's got two. She's got two. She's got two. She gets a sim sword. She's got three. I didn't even notice that. Oh, I notice things, and her costume changes a little bit. She's got. Oh yeah, she's her got belt stripes changes. on her shorts. Her belt changes. She's she's got a different armor sleeve. She's going through changes. That's interesting. Mm. She's got like a zipper on her. Yes. It's almost as though Warlock is infusing into her armor. Yes. But not actually present there. Like just no, the, the techno organic. Yeah. Just a little Warlock flair for your day. Back to the story. The hope gained, seeing in each other what was missing from themselves, the two Ilyanas. Teamwork and, makes a dream work, baby. Yeah. And our last data page of the issue. Victory! Time to journal. They spread Warlock's energy through the virus's system from the inside. Attack the virus, not the demon bodies that hold it. We get confirmation that the smoldering core of Sim manifested itself into a sword or has been turned into a sword. Something is still severed within her. We may have won the day, but the kid's confidence is still shattered. I'm so interested in her story, the older Ileana story, and the other Krakoa. But like, will we ever get it? Maybe. Probably not. And if we did, it's not going to be anytime soon. Not anytime soon. Come back in two years. Yeah, maybe it's a one-shot somewhere. Ooh, that'd be nice. Speaking of concurrent other stories... Ooh! Flashback with Cat. But she's Kitty for just a second. Yeah, that magical save. This has to be connected to what else is left for Ilyana to deal with. Mm. You know, you're talking about the sacrifices of her friends, the things that have affected her as she's a part of this journey... The trauma of having to fight her friends and see them die in limbo. A really big fan of the stylized art here. Yeah, me too. And just the determination that Ilyana has to save her friend. She'll do everything in her power to save her. But we won't find out about that anymore. Until the third labor. Until the next issue. Which is interesting that the cover of this issue is in the X art. Normally it's a preview of the next. they don't want to show us what it is. (laughs) Maybe. Because they're up to no good. What'd you think? Big picture. I loved it. I loved it. I've 
I I like really love magic and I was really into seeing the magic warlock team up within the older version yeah yeah, yeah. just I thought that was really cool and you know changes are happening yeah it's making me understand the perspective a little bit more of magic wanting to give up her leadership of limbo and you know where it's going to take her character right and why she's doing it well she's got to clear her place so she can be on the x-men yeah (laughs) yeah sorry vita i love her magic is going to jerry's book Oh, magic. Or at least that's a a desire, you know. That's a want. Yeah, magic, Iceman, Havoc. Let's go. I I liked this as a magic story. I really did. Especially seeing the two sides. It was definitely a big part of her. Limbo. And yet only a small part of this larger story arc. Mm. This, This one interaction with the older magic and how... This is one of the labors, one of the stops. Yeah. You know, you lose the sword as your first one. You now have to somehow make peace with what is your potential future. And I think we're going to go in the past in the last or third labor. I'm not sure. The keys to the future lie in the past. Yeah. What's Peter up to? Uh, No good. No good. (laughs) I don't know, but it just doesn't feel good. It feels suspicious because, I don't know, it's sort of this thing that, like, you know that they're family, but it's very rarely, like, they're doing family things together. Sure. So him being like, where's my sister? I got to talk like, to her about something. I don't trust you. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's Chekhov's gun, basically. <laughs> you're showing us that something's on Peter's mind, but you're not telling us anything you're about it. You're not telling us what it is. Thoughts about our, our three Ilyanas in this issue, right? You have the young one at the start, the old one throughout, and then the changed young one at the end. Well, I think it's interesting because it really makes me think of, like, how does limbo work in yeah. relation to alternate realities or alternate dimensions and, like, other universes? And, like, do all of the universes of the multiverse pool together in limbo and there's their crossover because the fact that this older version of Ileana, you know, had, has their own thread and their own Krakoa means Mm -hmm. that has to be an alternate timeline or an alternate universe, which plays into the literally just popped in my head. Like, is this other version of Ileana from another one of Moira's lives? Oh, potentially. You know, like, but she got stuck in limbo when Moira reset the timeline, so she didn't disappear. That's cool. That's cool. So these are great questions and really dive into understanding where limbo kind of sits yeah. outside of space and time. Right. So when Ileana travels to limbo, and especially historically, she has also been able to travel in space and time, not always determined by her. So right. it was kind of like a, a turn, spin the dial, roll the dice. We're going to travel through limbo. We might arrive two weeks in the past. Right. Whoops. And the other question I have is like, how does that, because Sim, right? Like in the last issue, Sim, Sim got his special little hammer tool 
and he was tasked with taking down Ileana and he destroyed her sword, but he wasn't techno-organic. He did not have any virus in him. Right. So So now there's multiple Sims. Well, not anymore. (laughs) Right. Well, that one's gone now. But yeah, it's just that's it's a very interesting and uh, it's unclear. Right. Well, time is, I don't want to say fluid, but, you know, time has a lot of different rules in limbo. Mm, you, yeah. are, you are seeing these iterations happen almost at the same time. The The younger story could be happening right? concurrently. Exactly. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a flashback. And then there's this idea, right? Like everybody has their own demons. So is each version of Sim a demon within each version of Ileana? Like, all the demons mm. that come in Limbo, are they actually associated with the person whose demons they are? That's interesting. And is that how there's multiple? I'm really into this. I think it's cool, and I like it a lot. Makes my brain do backflips. Yeah. Well, hey, you like a time travel story? Shh. Hush. Thank you, X-Men. We need a Limbo murder board. <laughs> I honestly... Going through some of the old Marauders issues, it's like, oh, man, I'm about to make some murder boards myself. Oh, baby. What about our supporting cast, our our team of friends? I don't think they were uh, super relevant, this no. issue. I, you know, you have, you have Danny as the emotional support. You have Madeline as the spiritual successor. And then you have Rain to get you into trouble. Rain, Rain. Rain <laughs> was just like a little bit. Off the rails of this hey, issue. Get get control over your pet. Oh, that's not that nice. Was rude. That was Madeline's oh. line of dialogue. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Justin. <laughs> you can't say that. You cannot say that. <laughs> Whew. That got me for a second. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the suggestions for the X-Men team? Yeah, let's get into that for a sec. So I had posted... Who wants to join this team? Mm. Not who do you want. And I was you know, like, all who right. Who wants to? Which right. of the X which of the mutants wants to be an X man? Because any new members would have seen a year of questionable what these X Men are doing and they would want to be a part of it. Mm. These champions of Krakoa, defenders of Earth and beyond, as we see at Game World, those who do what they believe is right, especially with what Cyclops just did, mm. you know, so, so his I point. I got someone in mind. Okay. But his point at the end of that issue saying, uh, hopefully they'll reflect on this and they'll think at the end of the day, Cyclops was right to do this. Mm-hmm. Anybody that wants to join this team needs to already essentially be there and want to be led under Cyclops. Someone that will stand up against the Quiet Councils or, or maybe not intentionally, but defy or, or do things without questioning them i mean i had thought of this particular mutant when we were having the conversation but in my mind i was like i don't know if i should suggest her she's probably too young but you saying that i my brain instantly goes to gabby Ooh! instantly goes to gabby she was all about doing exactly what she thought was right to save her friends and to take take action against everything that happened and also all of those all of those new new mutants I think all of them would aspire to want to be on the team. Not that they should be at this point, but I think if you're saying who wants to. And that's interesting, especially, you know, you have Laura, her big sister, Mm -hmm. doing it before her. She wants to be or or do things like 
her big sister, even like what we saw in Deaths of Wolverine. Yeah, she was. She's ready. That's ah, that was a curveball. I like that. Ooh, I'm throwing all these ideas at you today. Because you also think about what you get with Gabby that you don't get with Laura. Mm. The comedy, the the silliness, the youthful joy. Right, that adds a new layer of potential. Oh, I yes, yes, (laughs) I want that too. Yes, let's go. Let's see. Warlion said, Alex, Pietro, and Wanda. And have the X-Men team be the House of M uh, and Polaris's on-again, off-again boyfriend slash fiance. And maybe Mr. Immortal for a deep cut. But seriously, I'd take Monet, Thunderbird, Frenzy, Gene, Scott, and Angel. Ooh, Frenzy. Which we I think we tossed out last episode. Frenzy as an option. And someone else uh, mixed up Maniacs. Was like, oh, plus one on Frenzy. Yeah. An agreement. And I, I think Frenzy could be that heavy hitter. Yeah. I think just, and yes, you have Gene's telekinetic ability to drop you in from the sky. Right. But you need, let's just say Firestar is probably there. That's a singular flyer. Right. You know, Gene can take a group. So I guess we're not really hurting for any kind of teleportation or any kind of group doing, sync can multiply whatever anybody's doing. Yeah. But... But Frenzy would just be dope regardless. Right. Let's get Cora on the team. Put an Iraqi mutant on there. That's another interesting point. Should there be an Iraqi? Not Cora because I'm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just she's on love Cora. So I, just... I do too. And and any mention of her, I want to cosign. But <laughs> I also am very excited about the potential of her being on Storm and Magneto's yeah, yeah, Brotherhood. That's where she that's really just, belongs. That's yeah. too much excitement for that. Yeah. The comic book club wants Avalanche to win the vote. Oh, well, I'm I don't I would take Avalanche over Firestar, uh, but I want Penance to win the vote. Yeah, Monet yeah. all the way. But I would like Avalanche and we talked about that because I kind of thought about Richter as an interesting mm. different power set, different pretty strong character, but he's got a lot of development that he's been going through in Excalibur in Knights of X now reconnected with Shatterstar. Who, who flip the script? It's Gambit. Gambit. I on thought the about team. Gambit too, and that was even part of the conversation that we were having the other day. Anybody with a Hellfire, a Hellfire look, Gala right? look is potentially on the team. He resurrect him, and he is like back in his old brain, and he's doing X Men things. He swaps places with Rogue. Glauco Bordalusi wants Wanda Pietro. Multiple votes for Wanda. Wanda and, and, and then Pietro. Pietro too. Yeah, these are curveballs. Strong guy, dupe, marrow, micromax, Joseph, Sage, Surge, and Siren. What a team. Yeah, I think that's like it, it throws a lot of new and interesting names onto the the, the list that were unconsidered. Heck yeah, dupe. <laughs> Bring in dupe. Dang, dupe. Wow, what a team. What a team. So from Marrow, I mean, that'd be cool. Yeah. Marrow's not doing nothing. I believe, so Micromax and Surge Aren't are they on. they in the first vote? No, they're both on this vote. Oh. I can't keep it straight. I was just going to pull it up. So Surge, Siren, and Micromax are all in the vote. Oh. And Joseph being another version of Magneto... 
Who? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. What? That was, that's what I was waiting for. Um, I don't know that we'll see that exist, especially with the conversations, but we might with. <laughs> Who is Joseph? <laughs> We're not getting into that right now. But what are you talking keep about? That, keep that question energy. You cannot do something like that. You literally I, dropped I that just, just and looked I at me just like, did. are you going to ask a question? And then Ooh, you ran I, away from I it. Just did, you, just, you just were like, I'm looking for my sister, but I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> you call me Colossus? I'm yes. Into it. Mike loves Mariah Carey, says Ilyana, Iceman, and Monet. Yes. And I agree 110%. I support that vote. All three of those. Backed Monet, by me. Monet, I want to win the vote, obviously. Yes. Ilyana is a great ad, just as. And, and her tactical work with Cyclops in that X Men issue mm. was really interesting. They work well together. And then Iceman just makes sense. Yeah. You have this Omega who's going through he's this just ready. understanding of what his powers he are. Went through a transformation. Now he's ready to shine. This blonde is on fire. Hoping Penance won the poll, to be honest. Same. 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 Kolbalsh McGee, for me, I'm going to limit to characters that aren't already on another team. Ooh. So Havoc, mm-hmm. M, Firestar, and Iceman. Iceman getting a lot of votes. Yeah, let's go, Iceman. Let's go, Iceman. And Havoc got a couple, too. We got Havoc. Havoc really needs an up. He needs a win. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of struggling He always needs a win. Yeah, sure. And especially now that his campaign for Madeline is done. Yeah, what does he have? Nothing. That was his character arc. Mixed Up Maniacs says Havoc, Kanan, and Monet. Mm. If Rogue is out... You need a heavy. I think Monet or Frenzy are a great pick. If Sunfire is out, you need an offensive energy manipulator. Firestar, Bobby, or Havoc are good for that. If Polaris is out, you need a defensive energy manipulator. Carmela Unision, who is what they're referring to now, that's a deep cut that I was not even thinking. She was an acolyte. Dang. The ability to project a field composed of psionic energy around herself. This exoskeleton, as she calls it, acts as a highly effective body armor. That's crazy. So if armor didn't win the vote, you get another. Wow. And and Wolverine is out. I hope she isn't. You need a brawler. Frenzy, Kanan, or armor are good for that. Frenzy's getting a lot of votes. Frenzy is getting a lot of votes. And it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense, too, because Frenzy's like, she's had it with Bran. Right? She's had it with Bran. So she's out. And she's also, she was in a diplomatic role. Right. So you have someone that is connecting them beyond Earth. You know, the, the story with Game World, they're on another level. So mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm like, Iceman and Frenzy are on this team. Let's go. In my head, Canon, that's where they belong. Two Across 106 says, This whole voting thing just makes me feel like no writer has long-term story plans for any character, and that's a waste. Which, I don't know about no writer. Mm. And, and long-term versus, all right, how long do they plan their arcs? You know, Ben Percy definitely has a long-term story arc for Wolverine and, and Beast. Mm-hmm. And I would say Kieran Gillen has a long-term plan for Sinister, Destiny, and yes. Raven. And I would argue that just you could have an arc for a character. You could have an intention for where their character is going to, where that character is going to go. And then the circumstances of what team they're on or 
you know, what other mutants they are interacting with would help you to develop that arc, right? So yeah. you could know, like, let's just take Iceman, for example, right? Because he just went through this whole arc of understanding his true potential as an Omega. That could be the arc of, you know, him him coming into his own. But where yeah. he does that and how he does that can be up to. Uh, informed by what team he's on and maybe a vote of some sort would kind of influence that. So I wouldn't, I, I understand completely where that comment is coming from in that it does put a lot in the hands of the fans and definitely throws curveballs into planning and storytelling. And the but, unknown of what comes next. But knowing the journey, you know, or the destination where you would like that character to go and then allowing other influences and other stories and, you know, other elements to affect how that story is developed, I think is actually an interesting... If you think about it in terms of being a creative person... Like, I, I'm going to relate something that I do sometimes um, in dance or choreography to this, right? Is like sometimes being given parameters or being given a limitation Inspires, helps to yeah. inspire how you get to your endpoint in a new way. So, you know, being told, like, oh, you can only use one arm for this, like, then it's going to make me do things differently than I normally would. It also makes you break your habits, right? A lot of creative people have habits or or themes or tropes that they they lean into Go because to. those are their comfort places. So being throwing a wrench in that and saying you have to do it this way now could actually inspire a more interesting story than was going to be happening in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, and also to think about how closely the X office works mm -hmm. and I assume they are talking about not only the world's arc, but individual characters arcs as yeah. they're trying to move it, the way that the Krakoan era has gone. People get their spotlights, they get their development, but they don't fade away. It doesn't right. seem it right. just, they find another place to then pop up in X-Men unlimited or they find another team to move over to. Right. Yeah. There's stuff happening all the time, all over the place. Just like with the Pikachu's suggestion of Maggot. He just mm. had this arc in yeah, X-Men Unlimited. True. He would be fun. I feel like Iceman will be joining, and that's why they even put Firestar up there for the fan vote. Also, since the Children of the Vault are coming back, Darwin could be fun. Ooh. Yeah. That is a, a new suggestion, and I do like it. I do like that as well. Get Darwin some action. He deserves it. So to wrap us up, let's <sighs> remind us what's coming next week. I don't know. You said some stuff. I know X-Men Red's coming. X-Men Red number four is coming. Sabretooth number four oh, is coming. Oh, right. That book. X-Force number 29. Mm. And then the patch number three. And oh, the excellent right. number four. The excellent. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it is. We'll talk about it. We'll In be about some capacity. It. All right, then. Until next time, old friend. Charles. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>